Wait, you're recording this? Yes. <laughs> oh my god, we're live? Oh my god. Oh, we're not on an antenna station, I swear. I swear. <laughs> Welcome back, all. I saw other people doing this, but I already had thought of this myself when I heard this announced. It's like, hey, how about we cover two movies? Let's cover a movie based on people Weird Al knew and making his own, you know, segment of skits. And then let's do one where he's making fun of, you know, music biopics that are loosely inspired by people he knew in his life. <laughs> so we are talking about UHF, which is basically his sketch movie that was as many new uh, critical and commercial flop, but was a big video store and cable TV favorite. And then we're talking about the Voodoo original movie, which you can watch on your phone or on your big screen TV for free, which is his the Yankovic story. So, so uh, I've been a big fan just ever since the 90s and 2000s. He was just always, I, I didn't, I wasn't like many others where I saw his 80s show, but I always saw him on like some, you know, talk show or some comedy show, all the various songs he was making fun of. eBay was constantly played in my household because that's a great song, but I, uh, you know, he he was on everything. I mean, I mean oh, Spy yeah. Hard soundtrack. He's even in a freaking, uh, one of the Pokemon soundtracks. Oh yeah, yeah. Pokemon movie 2000. Yeah. Pokemon. Everybody Pokemon. Yeah. I, mean, I had that CD. I bet you did. <laughs> and I also saw it in theaters because, of course, I had to. You had to, man. Um, <laughs> and my, my mom, and he was just always just staying current. Like, he just always was, like, popping up in some kind of comedy routine. He was on See? everything from Adult Swim. He's a yeah, hysterical yeah. segment on Tim and Eric. Um, my mom He's just kept, did you ever see the one VH1 show where it looked like he was doing mock interviews with people against stock footage of him? Yes, I have seen clips from he that. He did it from, again around the uh, 2000s on YouTube, and he would do the same kind of thing where he would just make it take stuff out of context, like they're yeah. saying stupid shit to him, and he's just. I reacting. saw one that involved one with him and Eminem. He just got repeat. It got That's Eminem the repeat. one that broke you know, the internet. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know what you. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> there was uh -huh. one I saw. There was one I saw around the time his album poodle hat was coming out and it was him and interviewing quote-unquote avril lavigne mm -hmm. and that was kind of like his free he basically uhf is kind of noted now as kind of like predicting the internet but he was kind of figuring out the internet before the internet, the internet was becoming a thing so i'm jealous you got to see him at various concerts growing up well like i've only had only like the two concerts i've been to hey like more than enough I, yeah, it, it, he was because like he was my the first concert I ever went to was his in like 2000, just before, <laughs> just before I was it was like the summer before I started seventh grade. And yeah, my and, older brother, one of his friends, and I went. So. Totally. And, <laughs> and then Paul, back then, you had a yeah, you had watched his various 80s sketch shows and music videos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I could. Uh, I've <laughs> also seen him in concert uh, a few times as well. Uh, most recently here, I've seen him at, uh, uh, I think that was back in September, I want to say. It might have been August <laughs> this year. And uh, he, he also brought up the uh, one of the films that uh, we're talking about here today. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
these these pretty much write themselves. Like UHF is basically uh, from what the AV Club reported, he was just asked to do an airplane airplane type comedy, just string a bunch of skits together for this plot and. Uh, the Yankovic story he had for years thought about doing a story that since fans of him of his there was that, were so inspired there was, by him and there was that fake trailer for a while back with Aaron Paul playing him that that was a great bit too yeah, which yeah, I, yeah, I see I, that flew under my radar and I don't know how I missed it since I was often watching funnier die <laughs> and that's yeah that's where I was like yes let's make this movie I was thinking for for when I saw like I want this to be real I want I want a real like movie of this you know making fun of the typical biopic because of course unlike most like so many other musicians weird al has no controversy in his life really <laughs> yeah that, that that bit's probably in my top three funnier diet bits i've ever seen <clears throat> they've done some good stuff i looked up the director of the short as well as the extended you know al yankovic story movie and he apparently uh was mentored at the Upright Citizens Brigade and then, you know, he, he's done all kinds of shows, Eagle Heart, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Son of Zorn, and The Office. So I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That checks out. <laughs> I liked Son of Zorn. That was such a wild show. It was like the would... He-Men type. Yeah, I, got, missed, like... I love that show. I was sad. Me too. I hated, I hated that it got canceled. And Tim Meadows, I feel, is very underappreciated as a com as a comedian. Oh, I had pals who could get up with Don Cheadle, and I was like, he's not Don Cheadle. <laughs> like he really, like he's not necessarily good. Well, like, oh, I mean, his ladies' man sketches on his were funny, but the movie itself was just oh. But then again, it probably was a character that could be expanded upon. Uh, I'll give. I'm not gonna shit on him compared to all the other comedians who are well, like, yeah. you're you're better at supporting. I mean, I, I feel like him and Kevin Nealon were just kind of always kind of the heavyweights, and people just yeah. kind of just didn't give enough because they wanted to give it to Sandler and company. <laughs> like, yeah, Meadows, Meadows is a good straight man, which which most comedies need. I feel like you need some, usually you need like a straight man to react. Yeah, to it, it helps a lot. And like, oh, he was situational, he, especially he, situational comedies. Like he oh, was totally. the he was the principal of Mean Girls. Yeah, and he was and he was great. He was great in that. He had great, you know, just like again, not deadpan reaction to the crazy shit going on. <laughs> oh man. Oh, so. Weird Al could have probably had his own uh, MTV SNL show if he kept trying, but, you know, yeah. I, I respect him for just saying, you know, I'm going to be part of an ensemble. I'll do all kinds of things. Uh, I think around, I want to say 09, 2010, I saw him randomly, like, promoting one of his music CD things, and he was doing... He, anytime he was on a late-night TV show, he had it all kind of figured out, much like a lot of those other comedy bands like tenacious d he just would always just like be walking around he's just very cinematic he knows yeah. how to interact and even when he's just like screaming or something he just has that aura to him and i i very rarely have encountered anybody who just never cared for him and chances are if they didn't like him they just kind of just i don't know just or very nitpicky. I've, or... I've known a few people who couldn't stand him because they're like, that takes no talent to make fun of stuff. It's like, yeah, it sounds like original things. parodies. And it's like, he's doing original shit. And it's like, yeah, they his, weren't his, 
I, or the style I, or his something. style parodies I, his style parodies i think are probably his best works as far as honestly music i do think i don't like i personally don't think parodying lyrics is as easy as people think because no. for one thing you still gotta you still gotta write you still gotta write the lyrics you still gotta have the music composed on top for of him. that he's not just he's not just coming up with a parody of yeah the song he's doing the music too yeah yeah that I, I was the hardest part that, he would that guy have to is, he's guys. an incredible like, musical talent to begin with like i don't know much of, i'm not i'm not a music person in terms of but i've got to imagine there's a difference in like the music you got to write for guitar compared to to accordion exactly and like the temp the tempo has to like he has to figure out the tempo and everything to like get it sounding right for the song for the song Mm-hmm. Hell, exactly. I, I remember at his concert i saw in 2016 he performed yoda on accordion which of <laughs> yeah. course instead instead of guitar like it is in the album so like like that had to be there's you know, definitely a difference there in terms of how you play that in the tempo and whatnot again you did a solid job because you know it's and plus when you're doing a comedy skit just like any kind of improv you got to commit you know yeah just like when someone who's a troll in the audience has given you a suggestion and now you got to commit to that even though they did it just to be an asshole you got to commit to the parody regardless of whether it's working or not because right you're committed to being a parody (laughs) of said person looking like that person acting like them in this comedic segment regardless of whether the comedy works or not right (sighs) yeah it's I think a lot of people just downplay it because they're just used to seeing stupid shit on in a post YouTube age, and so sure. they're yeah. just they're just like, oh, you know, and this is like, well, you could if you're gonna go that way, you could easily well, argue that you could also, I don't know, talk shit about people. That doesn't take yeah. any effort either. So <laughs> yeah, well, you also see a lot of people on YouTube who get instantly popular despite not. Like I see some people like these yeah. people are this, are this popular. Like why? I mean, it's a different how kind did, of thinking. Just kind how of like did, how the eighties and nineties you can make a movie how, around how did Ar- or football. How stuff. did Aaron and J- how did Aaron and Jake Paul get popular? It makes no sense to me. Yeah, I don't I think, understand how a lot of things, <laughs> these, especially. These I don't days. even know why people would give them a like a TV guest spot when they were oh, just being assholes. <laughs> I mean, at least. Like I could understand how like something like Fred got popular in the early days of YouTube is just a, du- a dumb squeaky voice kid. I get how that would get someone's attention in grade school. Like part of me gets it. Part of me gets how that would somehow get popular enough to like. Apparently, he w- I think he was the first YouTuber to get a million subscribers. Well, let's hope Weird Al has five gazillion subscribers. <laughs> Uh, well, what a same I hope. I, I love how when he made White and Nerdy, like I had never heard the actual song it was based yeah. on, which was Riding by Chamillionaire. And it's just so wild how that song instantly became oh, infamous of- and became a one hit wonder. And that oh, yeah. his song became bigger. I, I, every Riff Tracks live event I've been to, it White and Nerdy almost always got played at one point or another because yeah. <laughs> they like working with Weird Al. <laughs> yeah. Weird Al did that pork that one skit with Riff Tracks about pork. It's like you're the you're the ambassador of pork. Like I'm a vegetarian, you guys. <laughs> uh, I did not see that one, but that's funny. 
their Christmas short extravaganza. It was like one of their early live shows. Uh, okay, I think I saw part of the one of the live shorts, or not not the live short, one of the live shows. Yeah, I and I know he like Nelson riffed on Jurassic Park together. Yeah, there was that, and he made a mystery science theater appearance. But other yeah. than that, yeah, he's kind of just any comedy group. He pretty much he gets along with. Um, for UHF, he wanted Joel Hodgson to play the Philo character. And it's just so mind blowing how you know Hansen had that anxiety, and he's just like, I I don't want to play the supporting guy, even though you know I only have like one line. I just I don't like myself in front of the camera, even though I do you know a comedy show. Well, like I think, well I think well I guess that was a bit. I guess maybe it had to do with the fact that he wasn't writing the material or something. He just he, I think it's like he didn't have much confidence in himself as, as an actor in that. Yeah. Mr. MST, MST, the acting is kind of always intentionally goofy anyway. Although, yeah, you know, plus, goofy, but what, once again, he's acting with basically the camera people, you know, his yeah. puppeteer buddies. But uh, yeah. Joel was very much like his best friend, Jerry yeah. Seinfeld, who, you know, there's a connection here, Michael Richards, yeah. before playing Kramer is in here. But uh, yeah, yeah. A bit, wrote, basic, yeah. basically, Joel and Jerry, they all had the same kinetic uh idea that hey i'm a comedian i'm never an actor i'm just being funny i'm like after i do this thing where i'm basically playing myself i'm i'm not doing this anymore so i did look up i looked up look up trivia they did stanley spadowski they wrote it with michael richards in mind but they said like if they couldn't get him chris Foy was another choice was another one they could would consider which like would okay he been cheap back then I don't know. Because that was right off Back to the so Future, much. so I can't imagine. Probably not, but, but, it, but I mean, you know, who knows? If Christopher Lloyd liked it enough, he might have done, but they were able to get, I mean, Richards because he was... Yeah, that wasn't just Back to the Future. He also had some Star Trek money coming in, too. Right. Yeah, and who framed Roger Rabbit. I mean... Oh, that, too, yeah. Nice. Yeah, so... I, so, hard to say. I don't know if he would have worked for scale. Who, who knows? There's some other good actors in here. There's... Ged Watanabe, who you might know from yeah. Sixteen Candles as the Kung Fu instructor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Emo Phillips, Dr. Demento, who again, you know, is dramatized by the offices Rain Wilson in the biography, but it's just yeah. cool seeing him actually be in here. Uh David Probel, years before the Sopranos, is the thug. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well he I oh yeah, he's a, he plays he plays mafia guys and tons of things but yeah oh uh, totally yeah which because you know he's got the look <laughs> he's got the look to quote roxette yeah. um, <laughs> so kevin, what do you think as yeah kevin mccarthy from freaking yeah howling and, and... <laughs> this is in so many yeah. different movies and shows yeah. and, and as some people i know know him only from this is that crazy <laughs> i mean well, this it's is like a good his role, but it's just so wild. I mean, I'm sure I he didn't know if it stuck at the time until years later. <laughs> I mean, it depends, I guess, on how much because some some people don't watch older movies. That might be why, and or like much older movies as in like from the 50s. So, which of course, I I saw I got to see Invasion of the Body Snatchers at this horror marathon on a big screen, and Lucky that you. although <laughs> although it, which was fun, although <laughs> so, somewhat amusing, just because like just watching how there were several times throughout the movie where people were just like hey let's have a drink i'm like boy there's just a lot of casual drinking going on back there wasn't there <laughs> and like i got that the movie was supposed to be like a metaphor for communism 
something to that extent like, yeah it was like because conformity or something and like just the over the top this uh the over the top performance they like they're all here they're already here like, <laughs> which i guess oh yeah that was later i think oh yeah joe dante used that clip in uh gremlins actually he said he kevin mccarthy's been a few was it a few joe dante movies right so basically he would have just done inner space by that point and oh yeah that's right he was that's right he was in that yeah, twilight I zone that. That movie, a fun but... one yeah i haven't seen that in years uh but yeah he, joe, but yeah, joe Dante, claims he's best known for freaking uh death of a salesman because he played in the play so many times they cast him in like the first movie version in 51 i'm like that's wild yeah, <laughs> yeah like yeah joe dante he often casts a lot of like older like b-movie actors uh, that's what that's that was his education my dude well, yeah <laughs> yeah because well yeah like well yeah like uh uh dick miller was in like all of his was in yeah, virtually they, all of his movies you gotta cast dick miller and everything <laughs> he is amazing. dude was awesome and i'm surprised oh, he's not in this given that it's in a ryan picture i would almost always see him in one of those big True. it does feel like he should be in there somewhere yeah it does seem that way <laughs> but yeah i'm oh, sure dude. dante loved it he probably saw this opening day and was like yeah people don't understand Test audiences apparently really liked it it's just that they placed it Apparently, they gave it a bad like release date because there's just so many other bigger movies coming out. <laughs> and sure, Weird Al was popular by that point, but like they they probably thought this was a maybe this probably wasn't a summer release movie. Yeah, and like let's face it, like, this kind of movie probably needed to be released in like a slower season where like more people would notice it. So. Hmm. Because it was released, I mean, gee, summer of '89. What what movies were out? I mean, there were so. Well, I mean, Batman. Uh, she's everyone was pretty much going to the art house movies, the war dramas, and uh, Tango and Cash. Just other, just goofy yeah. I'm just trying to think, like, yeah, because there were like, yeah, there were so many. Like, there were definitely like, oh yeah, there there was a 30 Dan Jones movie that came out in the '89. Between '88 to '91, it's a real gray line because everyone was basically realizing, hey, you know, not everything has to be at the cinema, and some stuff is still greater in the cinema versus on the movie channels. It just that's where we got into mini culture wars before we had actual today's culture wars. Of I also know. Digital. I also read that like where Al was like a huge fan of the being it being called UHF because they thought it would date the movie. He wanted to be called like Vidi Vidiettes or Vidi Maniacs or something like that. Or like I thought you know. it was a rumor at first, but no, he was legit. He was like, I, I'm not sure kids will know what the hell I'm talking about because I want to make something for everybody. He's always had uh, kind I don't of a think PG. I ever heard that. It's like he had a PG approach to everything. He always wanted something for adults as well as something for the kids that you yeah. know. The kids love all the but, goofy uh, beat him up and slow oh, stick, yeah. and the adults love all the other just like inside jokes. <laughs> well, for me though, the or, yeah, go ahead. Those you just go out on a date regardless. I mean, like like some of his parody songs. I mean, hell, uh, don't download this song, which brings out like Morpheus and Gazal. Like, how many people remember those anymore? Yeah, he he chose some subtle, yeah movie music hits <laughs> like you go for the sometimes when making it which i get i get though like when you're writing a parody song or or making fun of pop culture of the time you go with all well, the time and <laughs> at the time of don't download this song yeah morpheus and Gazaw were both like very popular downloading programs <laughs> <laughs> oh man 
I got yeah, friends. Few, I got friends a couple years younger than me who don't remember like Kazar Morpheus. Just like, and they're only like, again, they're only like a couple years younger than me. But like, I guess it's just that could be enough of a difference. <laughs> I mean, whatever he wants to do, man. I mean, it could well, sure. Um, what were you gonna say earlier, Paul? <laughs> oh no, I, I was just saying the uh, the the UHF title actually kind of drew me in on it uh, because uh, uh, for years for me, uh, uh, I grew out. Uh, grew up where there wasn't a cable in the area so the only uh you only had uh, uh only had uh equivalently the cable if you had satellite well <laughs> i unfortunately did not so all we had was the uh, console t- console tv and uh, the the two dials there uh, one of them was the uhf dial which didn't really do much of anything for a number of years <laughs> then eventually we did have a couple of stations that were on it <laughs> I, I played with some walkie-talkies and radio signals in the late 90s and saw this movie in the early 2000s back when there was still some decent stuff to get from Blockbuster before it just became just garbage. Like, I don't want to rent part two from five if I haven't seen part one of whatever stupid movie we're getting. And then it just got to where it was even hard to find like a comedy that most people could watch that, you know, or just a movie that just didn't look just trashy or some shit like or like just some semi you know uh bottom of the barrel lowbrow and i just had the worst rental stores to go to but fortunately this one snuck in and i remembered it and uh i don't know that my siblings remember it as much that they would occasionally see parts of it i know they really chuckled at it growing up and i just was guffawing it just you know, I remembered more than just the gags of the movies he was making fun of, like Indiana Jones and Rambo. I mainly just remembered also just uh, the other wacky characters. And it was a good display of, again, Michael Richards' talent before he became just only TV, as well as Fran Drescher, who, you know, is just, you know, always remembered for her various sitcoms. But it was just cool how everybody here kind of just, they gel with each other here. You know, you got Victoria Jackson from SNL. How do you guys feel about the other supporting players <laughs> I like they're them. all pretty well put together for it yeah everyone pretty worked everyone, well together even their briefer scenes were yeah did a, did a good job with their scene they were given i mean mm-hmm. um i remember seeing i remember as like as a kid seeing i think i saw the opening to uhf on tv probably when i was probably oh young like probably in my, young. <laughs> probably five or six years old Man. i remember seeing weird out videos on mtv back in the day particularly the i think the fat video got played a good deal of times <laughs> but i definitely remember when i definitely remember Romish paradise coming on tv mtv that was a big one yeah uh, i and still on occasion I, you'll find this funny i hear uh i lost on jeopardy um played on rare occasions <laughs> on the radio and like morning hours. and yeah i've heard it a few times over the years and it's always funny because you'll hear yeah you'll yeah it sounds so much like the actual you know yeah. motown song and you're like wait a second <laughs> <laughs> the first like album of his i ever like got full album i got to listen to was running with scissors because a friend of mine had a copy of it so <laughs> <laughs> and that pretty much started me list, looking up more of his music and like buying some CDs. And then, of course, it was in 2000. I got to go to see him in concert with my brother. 
years again. This is so unfortunate. Yeah, and then <laughs> my mom's dogs are barking at something. That's all good. I can barely hear it. Um, and then <laughs> it was what two thousand two when they were when UHF got released on DVD, something like that. Yeah, it wasn't on DVD it's right away, was, but like because I that was where I first probably heard of it or at least knew the title just because i because i didn't because again i remember that that the the one clip i remember seeing of uhf was the opening indiana jones scene like that that was probably before i saw indiana jones but i do that scene because i'm glad that shout factory gave it some love because it was long overdue love uh, because like the 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 running from the boulder is just part of the cultural zeitgeist even if you haven't seen indiana jones till a certain point you know that scene (laughs) yeah that was used in a lot of a lot of places here and there and a lot of these actors, they already kind of started in similar stuff. Like, I know Jackson's a crazy Great, yeah. political person. We're going to scam over that. But she was really good on SNL. And I was, I, yeah, I, I, yeah that's the she I, was great I, on SNL. I, but what's funny remember, is, did you see her earlier movie, Stooge Mania? If you haven't, don't. It's I, um, bad, but it was that was a nut. I we, there were always these cult movies that would just sneak under, and we could always tell it was a bad movie night if one of the parents had rented it and we were just like you know we had no taste in quality but we were at least to the point of that moment where we're just like we're we just want to go to sleep you know forget staying up late and watching movies because it's a weekend <laughs> and yeah stooge media was definitely one of those who's like hey that sounds like a fun idea a guy who based his life around watching three stooges movies and then you get right into it and you're like oh i can see why this is considered one of the worst you know obscurely bad movies of all time (laughs) and yeah it's just a cameo for her in that but we'll return after these messages do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between goku and superman Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. (laughs) Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast. Sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com. Cool thing about Blind Knowledge is we are in multiple countries. We are worldwide all across the globe. We are in the U.S. We are in the U.K. We are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan. We're in Australia, y'all. Blindknowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation.
Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, all things that we love, all manga that were originally published in the legendary magazine Weekly Shonen Jump. But not every series can run for 300 chapters and have a hit anime. This is David. This is Jordan. We're the hosts of Shonen Flop. Each episode, we look at manga that ran and jumped that didn't quite make it. We discuss what it did wrong, what it did right, how the series could have turned itself around, and ultimately, was it a flop or not? Run all your favorite podcast apps, and you can find us at shonenflop.com. Keep on flopping, floppers. This is a way better cult movie for her, because after yeah. that, she just did, like, guest spots and then kind of retired. I think. It was from watching, it was, from, it was when I first saw UHF, I was like, oh, hey, it's that, it's that lady from, from SNL, because I had seen, because Comedy Central played re, used to play reruns of SNL all the time. All the time. Even Conan and, O'Brien would re-air on Comedy like, Central, that's how. So, like, back in, like, back in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, so I saw a lot of, like, the 90s era episodes, and, like, so I saw, like, so I saw the sketches that I had, like, Victoria Jackson. Yeah, she was really funny in those. Right? Yeah, that's that's the era I know the most, because that's the era I watched live. I remember yeah. she, like, she dubbed over, she dubbed over, like, Kathleen Turner hosted one year, and she dubbed her, like, the, at her opening monologue, they have her lip singing and Victoria Jackson's voice coming out. Like, it's so nice to talk in my natural voice. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, yeah, like because of course Kathleen turns over her smoky voice, <laughs> right? And I know, let's see, oh yeah, Victoria Jackson also had that movie with Leah Thompson, uh, Casual, Casual Sex, sex. yeah, which that, also, that, that was kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. Andrew Dice Clay, <laughs> I, I just I, for I, whatever I, reason knew you'd say that. <laughs> I remember Dice plays in that movie too, yeah, he is. It's a good, it's an movie. amusing movie. Yeah, yeah I, one I, thing I, I didn't realize. That's what led me to it. It's my obsession with Leah Thompson. So, <laughs> hey, can't blame you, dude. She's becoming a cool director. Um, in between all these comedy movies, it's better than Howard the Duck. More on that later. Um, uh, I still like that one too. Hey. No, still, I still. Don't I'd think love to see a redone one. That's a lot better, though. It's it really, it really is. I still, I'll still say, it really is not one of the worst movies ever made. Like. It's, uh, oh, I can think of dozens of movies way worse. It's just, to- it's just to- worse, but I was. It just, had, it, it's just, it just has really. It's, kid. Just to- <laughs> it's just so totally inconsistent. I think that's just it. You don't know why everyone. There's all these body I do, snatchers and aliens fighting them, and you're just. I like, do think. Le- I think Le- Leah Thompson is. I think she's adorable in it. So. I mean, and I do think she's at least. Oh, the you, actors I, did their job with. Yeah, them. like the the actors are definitely put. I mean, I think it seems like a, I bet it was the kind of movie they had. It seems like they had fun making it. So. Uh, yeah, I think they did, or I'd like to think they would. Well, yeah, the, guy the duck suit probably not so much. But well, no. <laughs> I, I gotta imagine Tim Robbins having. I gotta imagine Tim Robbins having some fun chewing that scenery. Uh, it's definitely his worst performance, but it's not as bad as Eric the Viking. Blam. Um, haven't see, haven't seen, but I've that's I a slow one. I know it's got a cult following. Oh dear. What do you think of John Paragon's role in this? You know him as John B. the Genie from Pee Wee. Oh yeah, he was in this. Who did he play? Who did he play? <laughs> he John played uh, RJ. <laughs> oh right, yeah. One of the other just supporting guys, um, the Kipper Kids. I was not familiar with them, but they were apparently uh, again an actual acrobatic comedy duo. <laughs> like yeah, before they also appeared in Forbidden Zone, something like that. Just I think the so. Most yeah, bizarre, they are like they were. Their their performance artists like that's how they do that's how they do Richard Elfman they do it from like the theater even scene. nine even the ninety one Adams family they were in so it's like man oh yeah oh oh yeah okay oh, I, I, yeah there's just, a lot going 
I guess like probably maybe I forgot because there's a lot going on in that fan, in that party. <laughs> there's all sorts of wacky stuff there. Yeah, um, everybody's here. Um, and I, I think when what I like about definitely the Yankovic story is how you know halfway through it pretty much feels like UHF too. The minute he just does that whole I'm in love with Madonna, but oh, Pablo Escobar, you know, captured her. And then <laughs> yeah. it's like, he's making fun of Commando type 80s stupid movies. Yeah. And just like, this is outrageous. And I love how it ends like so tragically. You're just like, yeah. and I still, there were so Did, many uh, people who just took this movie so seriously. I'm like, well, you know, it's a comedy going in the minute. Thomas Lennon from Reno 911 gets, you know, beat to a pulp by his abusive dad. I, mean, yeah. I, mean, I read, a, I read a yeah. review where it's like, it may not, a review of like, it may not give you any insights into the, into Weird Al. Like, well, yeah, it was never meant to. It's like, it's it not like, meant to be. No. Yeah. And he, so well, many he, people are still like, well, so what's the point? I'm like, there isn't any. It's just making fun of that's the point. Tragic you know, music biopics. Like, do you like, know? Do you know about? Do you know biopics? Which I mean, yeah, mostly music biopics, but biopics in general have that formula. Like, I didn't see the trailer, but they apparently made fun of Walk the Line and Ray. And I'm like, see, so I'm pretty that, sure it was more accurate than most of them. <laughs> basically like the i don't approve i don't approve you of your lifestyle now i accept your lifestyle or some such yeah Other. and good kudos to juliana nicholson you know you might know her from the various law and orders and mayor of east yeah. town and august osage county i'm like i you cannot recognize her i had to look at the credit I'm like is that Juliana? that's right oh. yeah because i knew she I, was in it but but toby Huss plays and toby Huss played the dad and i know him from so many things but like I actually didn't. Ernie's the strongest him. man in the world. Yeah, that's where I—that's where I, that's where I first know him from. But he's also the voice of Cotton Hill and Khan on King of the Hill. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. that was voice both those. Yeah, he yeah. was also on. Uh, I want to say he was on an Unhappily Ever After. Possibly about he, right. He's been, wrong. He's pretty much a. He's appeared some, some sitcom around that time frame. I remember him on it. I think I might have seen that sitcom. He was but, all, yeah. He was he was Judy Greer's husband in the Halloween in Halloween 2018. Well, why yeah. was Judy Greer in this? Just the point. Just basically, point she was in it. I just mean, I just mean like just the fact that no, I mean in the Yankovic story. <laughs> yeah, like just the fact that Toby Huss has appeared in like a lot of things. He, one of the he's very much a hey it's that guy and like if you if you yeah like i don't have any none of my friends really grew up watching pete and pete but I, where i did like i so i do i when i, when I saw him in a bunch of things like oh yeah i, I recognize that guy totally. i probably didn't know for a long time though oh totally and i mean kudos to the, Brian playing the andy warhol <laughs> that was my favorite cameo and especially just making fun of uh, his motto saying that guy will get his 15 minutes, you know, fame. Yeah, like that, that was great. I, I, but was I love little... how he was on Howard Stern recently and he's like, I don't remember filming it. It was such a quick shoot. I'm like, because <laughs> <laughs> he was having so much fun. And Conan is another one, much like Joel, who doesn't think too highly of himself. He's like, I'm a talk show host who shouldn't even be doing a talk show, but here I am. You know, he's he's got that silly sense of himself and he's like, why would I want to act? I would suck. <laughs> I've always enjoyed Code as a to- as a host because, like, typically, yeah. for what he's he lets- the anti-host, basically, well, yeah, he he lets the guests 
tell their stories he'll like he'll wait to do to make some kind of like quip yeah he and jimmy Kimmel were both kind of just doing the whole is like they if if the ho if the guest is bad they let them hang themselves if they're someone who's really appealing they kind of just play off that energy in the room and one of, like one of my got favorite the goofy smile so you just kind of just go <laughs> i think one of my favorite conan moments was when he interviewed ray liotta when he was promoting narc oh wow that goes back Leota talks about like he he gained, he gained like 30 pounds for the role or something Sounds like one point right. he says like I, w- I looked at myself in the mirror and looked at all the gait i weighed and he continues to talk i like we me and my family knows right away how he says that like and conan just sits there but like he has a little bit of a smirk on his face <laughs> and then when like Ray's done, he's like, "Yes, you certainly gained a lot of weight." And like Leota starts laughing along with, "Like, oh, did I say it that? Did I actually say it that way?" Because he didn't realize he had said it. And like, and he just laughs with him along with him. <laughs> like Conan just waits for him to, before he like get before he like you know comes in there with like pointing out that oh you accidentally said gate gate you weighed. <laughs> <laughs> I also saw a clip recently that involved like. The whole Paul Rudd thing with like for twenty five years now or so he's been doing that Mac and Me clip. Yeah, <laughs> and then Paul, and Paul Rudd's like, okay, this is a really good shooting clip for my new movie. Okay, okay, and like it's him every time. But then once again, it gets him. It's like, it's like, God damn you! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, got him again. It's like every time. Every time they think it's gonna be something different, even the people prepping the tape. Yeah, it's still, still a bit. Of course, th- that scene by itself is amazing <laughs> because of just how obviously a dummy it is <laughs> yeah it's like why did anyone think it was a good idea to have a kid in a wheelchair go off the side of a cliff i didn't see that movie until many years later but even i knew i know, remember seeing just, just the fact that he chooses that clip to play i just remember i remember <laughs> i think it was I, just what they had a limited <laughs> library of clips i mean anytime there was like a car crash or other shit that they had to incorporate in there it would always be from like yeah, you can tell that his writers just watched basically bottom of the barrel like entertainment. I, I've been listening to Inside Conan podcasts as a side note, and they interviewed one of the guys who basically had to watch all the Walker Texas Ranger pull the lever clips. But then there was another guy who also had to basically like just come up with just all the various, you know, off color characters like Gay Lincoln and, you know, Masturbating Bear. And they, they he passed away recently, this unfortunately. A pimp bot, yeah. They would is like basically just come up with just crazy, crazy shit, and they're just like, and even defending it in their writers' room, you know. And I mean, that's why they brought on female writers as well as Dion Cole to write a lot of skits involving you know black characters. It's just like we want to be a very culturally sensitive one, even though we're being deliberately over the top. You know, we aren't here to offend anybody. We're just here to be stupid. You know. <laughs> and I feel like Weird Al and Conan are much work in much the same way where they're just like hey they want to put on a show but they also just want to you know not overstay their welcome and kuda i i, I applaud them for deciding you know release this parody of your life on voodoo because i think much like uhf it wouldn't have made any money but it, a lot of people would have seen it i thought it was on roku I, yeah sorry like, roku i i yeah. apologize I, I get the two mixed up but yes it is on roku there, i mean there is, i did there's there's so many out there now and i like how he did an intro before the movie and yeah I'm sure, I'm sure it'll get a dvd blu-ray release and that's fine for those who want to see it but which you know well it, i'll i get it if they if they if that includes extra like commentary i would love because uh, i'd love to see like him and daniel radcliffe and like the director do a commentary 
Yeah, that, I thought he did great playing Weird Al. Oh, that. yeah, he did. And, if somebody so would have told me 10 years ago about this, I would have been like, you're nuts. That doesn't yeah, work. I, I saw some comments online are saying this isn't good casting. I'm like, well, I can see him doing a good job. He looks like the yeah, part. The dude can act, too. He's, yeah. he's, he's really come out as, he's come out well on an actor. He's always unrecognizable, whatever he's in, yeah. And, oh yeah he's i mean I, when i heard about like oh, when i heard when i heard about the movie getting made when i heard he was cast I'm like okay i like daniel Radcliffe; he's a good actor yeah the show he's been on the last few years has been pretty good i thought oh miracle but, workers yeah yes. miracle That's, workers that is such a fun show yeah i mean shame on tbs a... for changing up his programming because they're doing so much <laughs> fun stuff with stuff like that and the detour and everything and it's like uh, they they want to put on just crappy reality shows. I'm like, no, TBS is supposed to be comedy, not reality. Oh <laughs> Unfor- well, so many sh- well, so many networks fall to that because, of course, that that shit gets ratings. It gets ratings, and it's cheaper to make. Oh my god, the 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 the, the I don't aliens. Why it gets ratings so much? The tr- a train wreck effect, maybe. That's, I, I think be. so. Either that the or fuck, it's meant for true the, TV. The, the fucking aliens guy from from History Channel is going to be at Lexington Comic Con this year. This you know, the dude right? with the dude <laughs> with the hair. I can't, yeah, I, the I, crazy I hair. I'm, I wish they could have made fun of him on X Files back when that was on the air. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. Right? Oh my god! Oh, that would have been. They made fun of everything else, like Scientology and serial killers and reality TV, but um. <laughs> Yeah, um, it just seems like I don't know. Like Jamila Jamil from The Good Place was hosting this one show with the Practical Jokers guys, and it had an okay, like, comedy game show format, but it just looked cheap as shit. Like, you know, filmed with a red camera, and you know, just very rushed. And so you just had these. And I know Robert Carradine, I think, was on one where he just judges people who can be a nerd. I'm just like, that's stupid. First strong yeah and i don't know i i feel like it's going to shit like if people weren't watching reruns of friends or seinfeld on there i don't think people would be watching the channel (laughs) and there's like four shows there's been four shows created that have been dedicated to finding bigfoot four of them i think at least that makes sense i mean it's just like oh my god no eventually somebody's going to get it right I hope so, because People of Earth was another one, which was making fun of aliens and everything. Oh, again. that was a good show. And once again, Conan produced that, and that wasn't enough. People stopped watching, and they canceled it, and it was like, well... Yeah, I was hell? bummed when that got canceled, too. So it seems like Conan helped them out a bunch, and then he just said, screw it, I'm going to my podcast. How did, the, and... how did these civilizations get created by brown people? Brown people. <laughs> I mean, that's they don't say it, but that's pretty. It's like it's pretty much what seems to happen. It's always if it's a society that's not Caucasian, they're they're flabbergasted that these people could possibly have made these. Things. How dare okay. the Aztecs be more awesome than we are? <laughs> like, how could they have done it? Could it have been aliens? No, <laughs> probably not. Most likely, no. <laughs> Most Big likely, Mon- some caveman who happened to be really good at what he did. Bigfoot must be real, even though we ha- even though we live in an era where there's where everyone's being monitored by everything, yet we still haven't found him. Oh, but don't you know? Don't you know, Will, that it it must exist because I've lied to myself all these years. It must exist. Bigfoot's got a cloaking device. He's a predator. I, I like that theory. I, I hope they make a movie about it. <laughs> wow, he, he just vacations in the area here and there. 
He's just a hobo who happens to be overweight, uh, outgrown, and uh, just very hairy and doesn't bathe. That, that's a, it's not an actual Sasquatch. What, what Nick Nolte? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. That ego. They finally caught me. Poor Nick Nolte. Um, <laughs> oh, riff tracks. I I don't know enough about Nick Nolte, but I guess based on what, based on those impressions, like I he I, does he use interviews a mixture of Spanish. he was known for being drunk in public even though he's cleaned up his act but it didn't matter they they had done the joke enough times to where they're like hey, oh, yeah. he's our we're, we're always in character playing a character and that's oh, yeah. another random character I mean, we're going to include well i mean you know <laughs> always seems to always like their impression always involves him, like using some spanish word calling someone amigo <laughs> no problem amigo <laughs> Not the first time I've woken up in a puddle of my own filth. Mm-hmm. He does have one of the mother of celebrity mug shots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I once saw a book of like board. I think back when it was Borders, they had like a book of celebrity mug shots. It was pretty magical. <laughs> uh, like, anytime uh, someone would do a prank call where they yeah, were a homeless man, they would take that mug shot of him and use that as like. <laughs> Him and, uh, him and Gary Busey need to do a buddy call comedy these days. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> have they ever been in a movie together? Surprisingly not. They both worked with Tom Elias. That's it's just like there are certain actors you think should have done a movie together at some point, but like well, like I once brought up uh David Carradine and Cameron Mitchell never were never in a movie together. Uh, it's like John Carradine. Oh, well, yes, technically he and Cara Mitchell were never in a movie together that wasn't the same film at they the same time. They were the same but, filmmakers, that counts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they were spliced in there, but yeah. Well, John Carradine just being in there was like, well, shit, I remember uh, the riff tracks of Hack of Jacko, where it's like, can you call a special appearance after the 500 movies he's been in? And it's like, and then, like, and then, and then someone else was like, same goes for Cameron Mitchell. Like, can you really call it a special appearance where they've been in this many movies? <laughs> yeah, especially if most of them were filmed back-to-back. Do you feel like, like these movies could have might as well have been filmed back to back? Because it feels like it feels like the humor never left the room, and here we are, thirty years later, <laughs> another Weird Al movie. And for all I, I know, you know, you could just tell me, hey, this was already a script back in nineteen ninety. You know, <laughs> I, I would buy it. Oh, oh um, I remember a Weird Al cameo in a movie from when I was a kid, Spy Hard. No. That yeah, although I, I actually didn't see Spy Hard till later to like my adult years and it's oh lord that one is a that's a painful watch. It's pretty dumb. It starts off. It starts good. like the the opening the, the Weird Al song. The opening with Weird Al that's great. Apparently he yeah. directed that part himself. The opening is, the opening to the actual movie is decent, but it really go it it goes. That's down where quick. Leslie Nielsen and the Zucker brothers were kind of going at that point to where. The spoof movie was getting out of control, and he was—it was much like I know that was Shatner. Kind of, just that was also yeah, just, to me that was kind of the point of that movie. That's that's why I liked it. It was also no, the first. Fine. It was also the first Agent movie co-written WD-40. by Forty. It was the first. It was also the first movie co-written by Seltzerberg. <laughs> so Ooh. and Andy Griffith as the uh, yeah. the villain was pretty funny. Like there, are, it has its moments, but that. overall, yeah. But no, the the one I'm talking <laughs> about, although although the one I'm about to talk about does have Leslie Nielsen in it, so and it definitely not was done. not the best parody by all the yeah. but no. and it's also I not, did find it amusing. Like, and while I mentioned as Leslie Nielsen, it's it's not Naked Gun. 
Yeah, it's better than um, Mr. Magoo. So there's that. There's this. Plan. There's there's this movie Leslie Nielsen did. A Weird Al p- appears as well. It was called Safety Patrol. It was from like the late nineties. I do not know this. It was a TV movie on Disney Channel, I believe. It involved like this accident. This it involved this kid who was accident prone, like or he caused accidents around. I see. Ninety eight. Wow. He was he was played by Bug Hall, who was Alfalfa in the Little Rascals movie. Oh my god! Oh, and he was and and he was in Honey We Shrunk Ourselves, which was co-written by Joel Hodgson. I remember that one. I, I, saw, the, I, th- I saw that stupid sequel way too many yeah, times. I don't think I ever saw He played the youngest Selinsky kid because the other two were gone uh, at this point. Uh, so I'm looking and, this up. The safety and that, I, I did not see this. Somehow yes, I, I saw this. it like once. Like this kid. Where else playing himself? He's his he's this overly enthusiastic kid who wants to be on the safety patrol and his school doesn't want him to be there because he's a jinx. So they like, they change the zoning board or something. So he has to get transferred at this school. The safety patrol is like some kind of weird, like, like basically they hold the school with an iron grip somehow. It's some (laughs) weird nonsense. Hmm. And like he get he makes friends with a bunch of quirky other characters, including some like kind of, goth chick who he kind of becomes his love interest wow and there's one kid who's like who is afraid of who like this one kid who like in science class one day they were dissecting frogs and his frog suddenly came to life and now he thinks that this frog is (laughs) is stalking him it's a weird move also the kid's got a grandfather who's constantly being injured because of his again like he's the kid's a jinx like he unintentionally harms people (laughs) But it also has like a weird, like somber mode, like the all is lost third act moment, and it's playing the pretender song "I'll Stand by You." Nice. <laughs> and yeah, but I remember so weird is it out. so bad it's good or just stupid, trashy, curious. It's been it's been for the thing is it's been forever since I've seen it, so I don't remember how good it was. Let's look it up. Is it on YouTube? I just remember. I don't remember it being like for what it was. It was not a terrible movie, I re- if I recall correctly. <laughs> And like Leslie, I forget what Leslie Nielsen's role in the movie is. He's let's see, I'm trying to find the movie on. Okay, 1998. Okay, oh yeah, it was part of the Wonderful World of Disney. Like it's 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 not listed as a movie. It's an episode. Oh, it also has Curtis Armstrong in it. Lainey Kazan. Lainey Kazan. Oh shit, it was directed by Savage Steve Holland. Oh, (laughs) who co-wrote it too? Wow. Director of Better Off Dead and One Crazy yeah, Summer. I love both like, of those oh, movies. Oh shit! Ed McMahon plays the kid's grandpa. Oh, <laughs> grandpa wow. Bozell. Oh yeah, like, the kid's name is Scout. <laughs> it's got yeah, it's got like a few like fairly well-known people in there. Like yeah, Leslie Nielsen's in there is like I think he's the principal. He's I forget his role in the movie there. He might be the school principal, but. He has just, made a living doing stupid movies for our enjoyment. And like, yeah, this just came out like, yeah, circa. The funny thing is, he started off as a uh, draw, He's a serious uh, draw yeah, actor from Canada. Yeah, like, yeah, before Airplane, like, I think one of his few comedic roles before that was like he did a movie with with uh, Debbie Reynolds, Tammy and the Bachelor. It was like a it was a romantic comedy from the fifties. Yeah. And then, of I, course, there's... I impressed everyone when, when I introduced a movie where he actually does kung fu. <laughs> and uh, there's Forbidden Planets. That's that guy. 
Forbidden Planet would be his other known like dramatic role. Right. Serious. <laughs> and then like before Airplane, he had a few of those like 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 he did Day of the Animals where like he plays this <laughs> scumbag. Oh yes. Well, so Constantly calling the one guy. Why was he him. not in UHF? He would have been perfect in one of the. Oh, he would have been. In fact, I could have seen him playing the boss. The evil boss. There, yeah, like there was he one movie. That. Yeah, like there was one movie he did in the late eighties. It was. I don't like see him that angry though, but I think he still could have pulled. Maybe him off. not. If you've seen City on Fire, which I know you guys, have, <laughs> you can do evil. I think like the last movie he did that was a full-on drama was in like eighty-seven. Right. Oh yeah, it was called Nuts. He like star Barbara Streisand, <laughs> and it was directed by Mar. Oh yeah, it had Barbara Streisand, Richard Dreyfuss, Maureen Stapleton, and Carl Malden. Oh, there Eli Wallach. Yeah, wow. it's, it's, it's yeah, not it was- my it's not my favorite is uh, Mel Brooks movie by any means, but uh, I did love him in a Dracula Dead and Loving It. Hey, what can we say? Pretty wacky. <laughs> oh yeah, also also Leslie Nielsen. Field. Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> Um, <laughs> in that Viva Knievel, he was in that he he was the main bad guy. Oh of, my god! Yes, which Aaron yes. Mitchell was in. Also, um, Marjo Gortner, Red Buttons, Gene Kelly. Oh god! Gene <laughs> Kelly was built to Evil Knievel in his acting. You. Oh, everyone gets their moment in the sun. So. Lord. Lauren Hutton as Knievel's love interest. <laughs> Ignoring the fact that, yeah, at the time he was married with three kids. All right. Let's let's bring it around to All right, yeah, around. I- <laughs> So if you were to do a third weird owl movie, what crazy actors would you put in his movie? Because like he had some great actors here for Al Yankovic. I mean, Rain Wilson was perfect Dr. Demento, and yeah, yeah, Bronson from Abbott Elementary was spot on as Oprah. I love how she's like, is that all in the interview? <laughs> you okay there buddy other actors i'd love to see weird out work with in a movie i mean i mean jack black would be great those guys would totally get along but amy poehler i think would do a good would be good working i'm along. surprised their paths haven't crossed i kept waiting for him to be on parks and rec or something and he's like nope yeah oh man he would oh, i could i could totally see weird out playing yeah he did have a bit part on a episode of the duke carey show i could have seen i could see it it was, uh, it, it was during those episodes where Drew had that airport band. Oh. And then he, he decides right. to leave, which was funny because that was apparently the same day that they were going to kick him out of the band, but they didn't tell him. And they replaced him with Weird Al. That's right. That's right. Yes. Remember- out, he's like, hey, uh, I hope you don't mind. I brought my accordion. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and he cameo. I do cameo- recall that. Yeah. Cameo to Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, which <laughs> I guess being musicians, they know each other. Yeah, I'm not going to even open up that can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where Al himself points out that Michael Myers and Mike Myers, yes, they have similar names. Like, oh my God. Uh, there is a Drew Carey connection, though. They're, you know, I, I, I kept wondering who the narrator was the entire time in his music bio parody. And I was like, oh, it's. Diedrich Bader Oswald. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. He oh. did do that. And oh Seth yeah, Green was the DJ, but I totally did not recognize his voice. I'm not surprised that he was in there, but I don't. I've heard Diedrich Bader in enough things to recognize that voice. 
I mean, I, I have too, but I just, yeah. for a reason, I just... Most of the time I catch him, but sometimes he disguises it a bit he too much for me. It really I mean, it happens. I, it's happened to me too, where I was like, I swear this person is familiar to me. <laughs> Actually, the dude, that, the dude that played Pablo Escobar in Weird, he, he's Ooh, more... was that actor? He's part of the cast of um, The Menu that I saw recently with Worth Way Fines, which, because when I was watching that movie, I'm like, this guy looks familiar. I'm like, oh, it was Pablo Escobar. Yeah, I was a little bummed that the guy they had playing uh, Frank Zappa didn't do anything more than just be hanging out in the background. He was goofy. Um, the I, I kept wondering who was Pee Wee Herman, but I was way too impressed by his performance and his visual gags. But as a member of the Lonely Island, he's yeah. a bunch of other uh, dumb Saturday was, Night Live shorts. Was, was it Evo Phillips playing Salvador Dali? Let's I think the cast, but. I will I say this, say even though I recognize Patton Oswalt as one of the hecklers, I totally did not recognize the crappy band who talks shit to Weird Al and lets him play with them was, uh, uh, you know, Jonah Ray. I was like, that's wild. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. But, that's right. But the Will Forte was the most recognizable for me as one of the producer brothers. But yeah. I, yes. I yeah, do that, love he, how. He was great. I mean, they showed the clip, but I on talk shows but i was just blown away when actually watching the movies like this is just so funny weird al is playing a producer while talking yeah. to Daniel radcliffe who's playing himself so he's technically complimenting himself and roasting himself <laughs> yeah. in the same yeah. scene and it's just so meta i like that kind of humor and well because uh, these are no doubt things he heard throughout his life of people saying about like oh yeah Oh, I'm sure I mean, he heard every one of those someplace. Well, either. Hell, even him mentioning how like certain aspects of the story did happen, though, such as he did get an accordion from a salesman. He did record my Bologna in a, in a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> like those those two things that sound outrageous actually did happen. <laughs> the, the crazy little subplot oh, yeah, where, uh, <laughs> where Madonna's trying to get him to do parody to make her music more popular really cracked me up. Yeah, the, the Yankovic bump we called it <laughs> where apparently like yeah like certain artists they would get a bit of bit of a bit more spike in their popularity after a weird out parody happens so <laughs> i kind of i mean i know like coolio wasn't super happy about homage paradise at first but then i think we saw the finished product he well, had more appreciative he was more appreciative of it rest in peace coolio <laughs> yeah which yeah like i mean i Growing up, I remember like Coolio, like he appeared on all that. He did the theme song to Kane and Kel. I did not know that. Oh yeah, I yeah, watched the show he, a bunch. Wow. Yeah, he, he he was in the opening thing to it as well. So all oh, here goes. So like, but he but he was a musical guest on all that because they always had they always had a musical guest. And like he was part of a sketch that involved. Oh yes, Ed, my least involved, favorite part of that show. <laughs> well, yeah, I get because they were probably going for they're they trying too hard to be like SNL and it's like yeah, no, stop trying to be like that and just be well. Hell, once Keenan Kel left, all that the show really went downhill. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't know what. Some, and somehow from S from all that, somehow Nick Cannon still has a career. Like yeah, sure, and Amanda Bynes has gone crazy and has to get like I don't, like even when he drugs all, all that, I was like. Why is that? This guy's not very funny. But then later on, years later, he's doing like hosting shit. And then, uh, yeah, then at one point he got married to Brian Carey. I'm like, why did she choose him? I don't like, know. And then Drake and Josh keep like blending in with various other ensembles, and you're like, it's easy to forget they were Disney Nickelodeon kids. 
I mean, it's a shame about it's a. Sh- I mean, I hope Vanda is doing better these days because I thought she was funny and te- uh, yeah, funny she person. was the big high point, especially when she and had like, her own sitcom. I just like so you know. I hope she's so doing well. I'll work with one of these yeah. guys. Uh, yeah. He technically did work with Jack Black and Aisha Tyler in the music video he did where he's making fun of Pharrell's. Uh, oh yeah, tacky. Happy, yeah, tacky. Yeah. That was funny. So, <laughs> but I would actually like. But they don't talk; they're just lip sync. Yeah. So I would like to see them actually yeah. be in a movie with them. I think Andy Richter would get along perfectly with them. I just, oh yeah. So, uh, hell, get Tim and Eric. <laughs> he was on their show. Oh, <laughs> uh, I maybe then again, it's been years since yeah. I watched their show. I, I could never get into Tim and Eric Austin show great job, even when I knew what they It was pretty stupid, because it was basically TV you watch in hell is what they described it as. It's like, I believe like, <laughs> I can see... I can, he could get Eric as, Andre. Some stuff really cracked me up on it. Other stuff as I got so older, much. I understood the idea. I could understand. As At first, I thought, how could anyone like this? But then as I got older, I started realizing how much more subjective humor is. Like, I didn't see what they were going for. I could see how Eric Andre is a better version of it. <laughs> yeah, I have like, yeah, I've like, I've like loved his stuff. It just he pretty much just goes uh, for it. It's like streaking. Eric, no one asked for it. I'm going for it anyway. Yeah. Eric Warheim, he was on. He co-star or appeared on the show Master of None with Aziz Ansari. They're apparently friends in real life, and I thought he was really funny in that. So, yeah, as best friend. Although Aziz Ansari, I hear, is pretty sketchy. <laughs> well, I know they're like. Well, there was that whole. For what I've always heard, that is that supposed sexual harassment. That was like I've always heard that was a big misunderstanding between both parties. I don't know. Uh. As far as I <laughs> so so compared to every, unfortunately compared to everyone else that's gotten in trouble for sexual misconduct, apparently his has become less. Uh, given that not much else has come from that, I feel like it maybe was a misunderstanding just because of. Uh, so far, there hasn't been any, like. There hasn't been well, no. It's just like there hasn't been any like further investigation. Yeah, so like I just feel like maybe it really was just like some kind of misunderstanding between both parties. Again, I don't know, but because like that that shit does happen where both people <laughs> miscommunicate. <laughs> and at hell, I'm not saying if it did actually happen, then that's unfortunate. I hope because I like to, <laughs> it did actually happen. But hell, I mean, hell, when I heard about Louis C.K., it's like okay, so he jerked off in front of some women that's unfortunate but i gotta say unfortunately that's unfortunately a low bar <laughs> like they walked in on him and he continued it's like well he wasn't putting his hands on them it's still gross but like it's unfortunately a blow bar <laughs> he wasn't drugging he wasn't drugging and sleeping with them oh uh, yeah true it's like uh, this is a it's like no cosby uh, cocktails <laughs> uh, thank god he wasn't in either of these movies um oh yes do you find it oh. funny how prince refused to let again weird al you know yeah. perform well when do a parody of any of his music and yet he included the video as part of his uhf video it's just meta it's like he got his revenge some way shape form. <laughs> funny i do recall years later prince did a parody of one of his songs on bubba's tonight course i guess that was him doing it so it's okay yeah there's no telling with that prima donna <laughs> he was well you know and that's artistic, a, as a fan that's as a fan yeah we, it's, artistic it's people are weird <laughs> for lack of a better word the fact is if anyone who, who does something in the arts music what 
music, literature, whatever, tend to have personalities that are you can't always tell what they're what's gonna be. <laughs> I want I wish I could see what Prince was like before he was famous, like when he was just a kid growing up in Minnesota. Cause it's like, what was he like then? Did he start seek did he start what did he dress like? Well, how did he dress before he got famous and could buy all these crazy clothes? Well, I mean, uh, and, and I don't know how true any of these were i'm sure there is definitely some truth in these stories but back on the uh old Chappelle show when charlie murphy was uh telling stories about prince right? <laughs> it's really cracked me up charlie <laughs> murphy would have gone on perfect with weird al oh god uh when kevin smith talked about working with prince and like he heard he plays basketball like what's he wear <laughs> it's like he wears like prince wears regular clothes wears tennis shoes and like skins and blouses it's just like he shops in the boys' department because he's so short, and it's like it's just like what? <laughs> or shit! I remember just thinking like, what the hell was Kanye West like as a kid? Like, was he just going around one day, guys? I'm gonna be the voice of my generation. His I'm was, afraid to find out. God, his friends yeah, was. I, I if, I, if, know I, if I, if I, if I, I remember when he said he's the voice of generation. I'm like, I looked up when he was born. Like, okay, he's not part of my generation. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> he's more part of my brother's, my older brother's generation. <laughs> <laughs> oh that means you might be in mine then probably because <laughs> uh, like my oldest brother he was born in 1976 and connie was born like 77 oh yeah yeah that's the year i was, I was born. born i was born in 87 you guys are on so the like, same level i'm so we're te- we're te- well, he definitely bro- doesn't speak for me so oh <laughs> yeah like like my oldest brother we're like 11 thing? years Question age, mark. <laughs> so we're, we're technically part of, se- of different generations in that regard <laughs> like he's generation <laughs> like he's part more of generation x and i'm more part of the millennial crowd actually the second he was more of my youngest brother's age oh shit because like, i was off thank god yoko ono <laughs> <laughs> oh. 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 um <laughs> i've ever seen yoko ono, she was part of the voice cast of isle of dogs yeah she was and like it's just i couldn't help in my head just thinking like oh no is she gonna howl at some point (laughs) i've never i've never heard all of her music so i have no idea if it's all terrible i I mean part of i've also heard people say oh it's meant to be bad because like a critique on blah 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 can't really think of any pleasant moments of it but i haven't heard all her music either and i know like john with john i thought the I thought the Simpsons nailed it pretty good when they did the B Sharps episode. <laughs> the Power of Girls did yeah. it too. I bet and, they did. And Barney had the uh, Japanese uh, yeah. uh, girl girlfriend. Uh, girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the Power of Girls that episode where like four of their villains became a gr- became a villain group called the Beat Alls. The uh... and so they and and there were so many lines of dialogue that were just direct references from their songs like at one point bo jojo give me money that's what i want <laughs> but then if they ever then, do a live action version weird al should totally be mojo jojo and he bet and then he bet but then mojo beats yoko jojo uh, or yoko jo jogo jodo and she's dressed in all white she and she doesn't talk she just screeches that sounds about right that checks out there's even a scene of the there's even a scene of the episode where like they're all lying in a bed holding up trap like in, a, in the middle of the street holding up traffic it's like we are like we are protesting by staying in bed <laughs> but then it turns out the it turns out it was all a uh, uh it was all a ploy by the power girls to break them all up 
and <laughs> Joe and the monkey. She was actually Michelle. <laughs> like one day, but remember, girls, one day monkey will play piano song. Play piano song. Well, see you later. That's amazing. Yeah, the, the whole episode is filled with Beatle references, and like, there's even a scene where they're beating up the '60s era's Beatle, and then at one point we see cameos from like the Yellow Submarine-looking Beatles, wow. like in the in a crowd. Like, it's just a whole. Yeah, it's this it's is a, back when they let every cartoon basically do whatever they wanted as long as it wasn't oh, too yeah. violent. <laughs> like the late, well, hell, I mean, yeah, like the late the '90s to early 2000s just had some weird. They were desperate for content, so they... yeah, and like. It's just, yeah. I mean, shit, like Samurai Jack. Oh, it's not violent because there's there, he's, he's slicing up robots that spew out oil instead of blood. Right, cyborg beetles, yeah. Or they were like <laughs> bugs that had like green slime instead of blood, so it's not violent by their logic. I mean, yeah. it was intense, but it wasn't, you know, if you're 10 years old, you can watch it. Same thing with... Uh, it's weird how we always so. had to... I mean, it was funny when they in comparison (laughs) did that in uh, video games as well, where there'd be a setting to like reduce the effects and it would just basically change the blood color to green. You can turn off the language and gore. And (laughs) yeah, like the, yeah, the the Super Nintendo port of Mortal Kombat, instead of blood, it was supposed to be like sweat, but it was like gray. (laughs) (laughs) It was It was bad. Graphic, I mean, it, maybe maybe that's why like people didn't notice this. Like maybe everyone was all the. I people think they were, were so... too distracted by primetime TV. Even though it's <laughs> like, well, that's why you put the kids to bed. Even though, yes, half the content, you know, it's they're trying the to line. That, like, and music to not focus on what kids are watching on Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon, which I know is the weird shit. <laughs> yeah, it's cable TV, so less people were noticing. But yeah, primetime is even weirder. How it's like. What would definitely make a movie be R is giving a PG thirteen, you know, safe to air rating on primetime TV. We probably got we got Batman the animated series to thank for well clown fetishing, fetishizing. I mean, with Harley. I mean, well, come on. Uh, thank God I don't remember those episodes. I remember all the Joker episodes. There were supposed of Harley Quinn just being full on sexualized. I mean. There's one scene where she burgers out of a giant pie and she's just covered in whipped cream. Wow. There's also that bit where she's trying to seduce Joker or where she's wearing a nightgown. Like, come on, Putin, don't you want to rev up your Harley? Which, I mean, it's like, wow. It's like, sure, you figured they were doing it, but like, they just basically just sent it to you. Right. Basically, you got to do subtext and adults didn't care because they grew up as comic book fans. So there's like, okay. Original Japanese dub. The original Japanese of Pokemon the movie 2000, Meowth just basically points out that Jesse and James have had sex. (laughs) And it's like, well, come on. They're two teenage kids alone with no supervision. Oh, man. I feel like Weird Al should just take a foreign like anime or just other movie and just redub it. I mean, oh, that'd be great. That he probably would have good. done that back in his day when he was doing all the mock interviews <laughs> for MTVs. I do remember when he voiced on the Brack Show? I think it was. I, he definitely did something. He's definitely appeared on Space Goes and Brack Show. Like, um, like he was a character. Was like, where is he naked ladies? <laughs> oh, the, the, oh, he, he he voiced the main character on the Disney Channel show uh, Milo Murphy's Law. Oh wow. From the creators of Phineas and Ferb. Actually, I think it's set in the same universe. I think my aunt watched it. I didn't 
I heard about it, but I kept forgetting. He performs the opening. He performs the opening theme as well, and like he, well, he's a kid who's he's his family's related to the origin of Murphy's Law, so like he's a jinx. But he's like, but he's, (laughs) but he's positive. Could be worse. He could have been related to Browns. He's also got a. He's also got (laughs) Browns Law. Oh. It's, it's 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 one law. Murphy was an optimist. Uh, <laughs> but um, and, he, and he's got a pet dog named Dioji, which I'm like, it took me a moment when I for all the when I first saw the show to get the joke behind his name. Like, oh, oh, like that's actually kind of clever. I'll admit, <laughs> it's just a lot of digging. <laughs> well, it's kind of like how when I when I say like the movie I Love Dogs, like once you say it out loud, like, oh, I get it. Uh, uh, uh. Well, my brother pointed out to me when the Venture Brothers was out, we're like, I didn't first understand, like, he told me, he said, like, also the, the creator going by the name Jackson Public, and like, why is that, like, like why is it funny, then, like, when I said it out loud, like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. like, just reading it, reading it, I, <laughs> but when I said it out loud, like, oh, okay. Reading are hard. Well, just, just a different, it's like, it's just somehow different, like, you read it, you don't really, I, reading it, I don't really, when, once I say it, it then like when i hear it myself that's what makes me realize the joke behind it but reading it at first doesn't i don't it doesn't always click with me you have to I, add your own yeah I've, I've ran across that before too yeah it's like it's <laughs> it's sometimes i can read something and i get the joke immediately and some but and that could just be me because of how i'm wired other people might get a me something immediately when they read it but like for me once i hear it it's like okay now i see why now i get the joke. <laughs> Like once I hear the vo- once it's like once the the cadence as, as it were, <laughs> like just reading Jackson Public, I just see the name Jackson and Public. I just I don't think of like saying it all together. Like, <laughs> like like the like the like that like that Aqua Team joke. Like I am Sofa King. We Todd Ed. Like I get the joke there because of course how they keep they keep trying to get him to say how the the voodoo guy he's trying to get everyone to say it so, no, no, it's, it's or that or, which of course is, is derived from that joke that joke i am sofa king stupid right but yeah it's like uh but yeah like that so you know it's just a matter of like the the hearing it being said makes it for me more sense at times <laughs> or like how more just like well you know as I get older, certain jokes and weird, certain lyrics of Weird Al songs, I didn't quite get the context behind because, like, I may just not have been aware of like what he was talking about. <laughs> Either being a cultural thing, pop culture thing, or just like a more adult joke that might have been featured in the song initially. Like, <laughs> when I first heard Albuquerque, I don't think I was familiar with the term colonic irrigation. <laughs> Which I I remember at one concert someone in the audience yelled. I'm not sure if you want to be familiar with that. One. Well, no. <laughs> but I, I remember the last at his concert, someone in the audience yelled for him to sing to perform that. I'm like, that's an 11 minute song. That's not a, that is not a concert song. <laughs> like, are you insane? <laughs> but, uh, Probably are. <laughs> yeah. I think people have also suggested seeing um, Trapped at the Drive-Thru. We're like, again, that is an album song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do love that song, though, because of just how the mundaneness of it. <laughs> it's very relatable. 
So I get so I get in the trap, so I to open the car door and I close the car door, put the key in the ignition. <laughs> and I look and I looked at him and he looked at me and I looked at him. <laughs> like, like fast food uh, work a vacant look because it's like, yeah. <laughs> I dig in those sweet buns. I can't believe it. They forgot my onions. <laughs> I do like that one. As as, as Leo gets as Leo gets would say they fuck you at the drive through because <laughs> like lethal weapon two be like they fuck you at the drive through they know you're not gonna be there when you cook your food like he's not wrong they can Joe I mean, Pesci <laughs> I always I always tell people to look at your food before driving off <laughs> because it does happen it, yeah. it apparently does yeah. <laughs> Because which you know, part of me gets if they're if they're busy enough, you might it's easy to forget things, which some people don't realize. Because of course, some people will give all that will do anything they can to, you know, berate some poor minimum wage jockey. Yep, not do their part because <sighs> they just want to feel better about themselves for a while. Because they've been they're probably in some soul crushing job. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Okay, well, anyone have anything they want to promote before we take off? Uh, yeah, you know, there's my website, geekwithclipons.com. <laughs> kind of a mouthful to say, I realize. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's only slightly shorter than my actual handle. <laughs> but yeah, I do need to start getting ready for work. <laughs> all righty. Well, it's been great having you all on here. <laughs> uh, it was fun. Yes, it was. Oh, I will say this. One of my favorite gags from UHF, which is like at the beginning, when like we're, when George is asking what time it is and a fist comes through the wall from the cry studio and like the guy's got a wristwatch on. <laughs> I love that gag. Like just like, oh no, I'm late. Or do we like or we slams it on the table with his girlfriend, like, I just don't know what's wrong with me. So what's for dinner? Just like goes from manic to calm. <laughs> Moments oh. like that I really enjoy. G- gave me Gene Wilder vibes. And then I, I'm not sure why I didn't mention this either, but uh, yeah, I, I, I seen, uh, as I said, I seen Weird Al here at, uh, towards the, the end of the summer here, and Emo Phillips actually opened up for him on that show. Oh, nice. So that, that, yeah, real nice. that far back. So, yeah. Emo, I first remember hearing him, like, hearing him in this regard because he voiced on home movies occasionally. <laughs> that's, where I did. Heard, that's where that I first sense. heard him. He vo- yeah, he, he voiced a bully character named Shannon. <laughs> but more or less using that same voice and inflection of like that that deadpan delivery to him. <laughs> and yeah, I definitely got a certain get... style of delivery there for yeah. sure. And of course, yeah, like UHF, like, oh boy, just call me Mr. Butterfingers. He slices his thumb off. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> my face is like my face is red. And uh, <laughs> uh, other than that, I've just got one plug. Yeah, uh, go to a uh, spatula city for all your spatula needs. They got spatulas and nothing else. You don't need anything else, just some spatulas. Yeah. <laughs> but if you do need something else, there's always the hardware store. <laughs> <laughs> the hardware store. <laughs> uh, we're easy. That's for sure. Okay, then I should be going. Have a good one, y'all. Everyone take care. (laughs) Thanks for having me. This was too much fun.
us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up.